Grab your Bibles. You guys have a break from me today. I have a break. Uh, I get to sit with my wife and hear a sermon today because uh, one of our elders, Scott King, is stepping in and he's going to be uh, preaching a message. Uh, I saw the notes. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be good for our church, good for this particular day. Um, Scott, if you don't know Scott, like I said, he's one of our elders. He's been around since 2014 with his wife Camille and their son Ben. Uh, he's become a good friend of mine. He's been a kind of he's coached me through certain situations that have come up in our church. Uh, get, got me to settle down on a few things that I would have overreacted to. Uh, so he's been a real blessing to our church. He's a elementary school teacher transitioning to be a counselor. Uh, so uh, Scott's many things to many people. Um, so give it up for Scott King. Good morning, True Life Church. That's funny. <laughs> it is a privilege and an honor to be here on Father's Day. Father's Day, what a great day. I have to be careful because I, I like to, when I speak, I like to wander, and I, I have these, these boundaries that I can't go any further for those online, but excuse me. But Father's Day, what a, what a great day is when we, we honor the fathers, the, the models, the, the ones that God has had put at the head of our, our families. And, uh, you know, and when I think of fathers, you know, obviously, oh, actually, I, I call this Lessons from Storyland, which is kind of interesting. But anyway, when we think of God the Father, we think of all the attributes of God and that God is loving and kind, that he's compassionate, he's caring and faithful and strong and good and righteous and gracious and powerful, and I really could go on so much more. And many of us have been fortunate to have men in our lives that have exemplified that and have been representing uh, God in that way. And, and that father, we look at them, we say, I can see God in that man. On the other side is, there's a lot of us that when we hear the word father, it actually has a negative connotation. You know, we, we think of the trials and the difficulties we have growing up. I know in my life, there were a lot of challenges. And that word father, it doesn't have a positive sound. It has a negative. When we look at some of the models in our lives, we, we think of some of the fathers, they've avoided communication. My father was not a communicator. I remember one time talking to him. I said, you know, Dad, we never talk. Three late days later, he came back to me and he said, you know, Scott, you say we never talk. We talk about the Mets. We talk about the Giants. We talk about the Rangers. <laughs> but we never really talked any depth. You know, we have some fathers that are very strict and controlling, and, and when, when they give, when they're disciplinarians, it's basically just do what I say, and that's it. We have other fathers that have been um, permissive. Just do whatever you want. That's okay. It's all right with me, which really shows 
that you don't care. And then fathers who are constantly comparing you with other children. I, I came from a family of ch- seven kids. And we are always com- being compared to other families. Why can't you be more like this guy? Just fill in the name because there's lots of them. And, you know, it was hurtful. And I, I, for me, I, I, I wanted to say, well, you know, I'd be more like them if you were more like their father. But <laughs> I knew better than to say that. And then we have fathers that have been abusive, either mentally, physically, emotionally, and and in some cases sexually. So it's pretty obvious why that word father to some of us has such a negative feeling to us. For me, I learned a lot, or in learning a lot from being a father. You know, um, one of the things I'm learning is how much the relationship between a father and son is so much like the relationship between our heavenly father and us. And one of the things I learned from being a father is that I wasn't learning so much about being a father But in being a father, I was learning so much more about our Heavenly Father. So today, I'm going to ask you to go with me and and just look at our Heavenly Father through the eyes of a father today. A number of years ago, Camille and I uh, were on vacation, and we decided to take Ben to Storyland, which is in New Hampshire. Now, Storyland is like the mecca of amusement parks for younger children. It is great. It goes all the nursery rhymes, all the small stories, everything that a child could ever want. And we were so excited to take Ben. Here, this is, here he goes. And so, we get in the car and we drive there and the two of us are talking about how much he's going to enjoy it. We get out of the car and we're starting to go towards the, uh, to, to pay for the tickets and I keep hearing, Mo, Mo. Ben can't say no. So he says, you know, it's, it's like, you ever see the Three Stooges just say Mo? That's, that's my son. He says Mo all the time. Um, and he's, he's going, Back home, back home, and car. You see, he had no idea where we were going. He really didn't. What he, all he had was a misunderstanding. He was afraid of what he didn't know and what he couldn't control. And so, therefore, he kept saying, no. We got inside, and, you know, we paid, and, and I got to tell you, Storyland is expensive. So we go in there, and uh, now I know why Miss Old Mother Hubbard was so poor. Um, anyway, we go into Storyland, and Ben, all he wants to do is sit in a sandbox and just push sand. And I'm thinking, I paid that much money for him to push sand? 
I am, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you honestly, I was starting to get upset. Why did I do all this? And, and, in, and in, fortunately, my, my uh, father, fatherly uh, thoughts came in, and I, and I started thinking, you know, I realized that he's, he's anxious, and he doesn't have control, he doesn't understand. So, so I knew that I had to help him. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew I had to help him through this, uh, through this adversity. And so Camille and I, we looked around for a ride that would be non-threatening. And we found off in the distance there was this big pirate ship. You could get about 30 people on it, and it would go through this moat nice and gentle. And I thought, okay, this would be perfect for Ben. So what I did is I, I asked Ben to go, and of course I got a mow. And I just kind of grabbed him and kind of dragged him through the line as he keeps saying, back home. And we, got, we went in this turnstile, and it's like cattle. You guys have been there. And the whole time, he's trying to climb the gate to get out. And I have to restrain him because I know what's best for him. We finally get to the boat, and when we're at the boat, I had to carry him on the boat. So, um, this ride was about 15 minutes, because it's a boat. And, and as we're going on it, Ben's starting to settle down, and he's actually starting to enjoy this. And this is good. This is good stuff. And then... We, we got off the ride, and as we get off the ride, off to the right is the, mer- the uh, merry-go-round, the carousel, and Ben looks at it, and he points at it, and my first instinct is, get him on there. So we get him on there, and, and he doesn't want to go on the horse because that's threatening, so, but there's a seat, and he's sitting on the seat, and it's going around, and all of a sudden, I see him doing this. And then by the end of the ride, he's like waving to everybody. He is loving it. From that time on, he had a great time at Storyland. Throughout the the whole day, he's pointing at this ride or that ride, and we're going on, and it's wonderful. And what I thought of is, isn't this the same way that God treats us? You know, we look at things in our lives and we have anxiety, things that we can't control, things that we don't like, and all we want to do is get off the ride. Let's see. Oh, by the way, there's my family. Yeah, that's uh, that's my son Ben. You guys, you guys know him. I should have had this up earlier. My 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 incredible wife uh, Camille. Forgive me for digressing, but. Yes, yes, she deserves it. <laughs> Scripture tells us in James 1-2, Consider it all joy, my brethren and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If you know me at any length of time, you will hear that verse from me because I love it, because in so many ways I think it's reflective of my life. God 
allows us to go through trials. He allows us to go through difficulties because he knows that it's good for us. If you see, it says, knowing that the testing of your face produces endurance. It's like a long-distance runner that you can run on and on. It keeps you and gives you strength to continue. And knowing that endurance has its perfect result so that you may be perfect. Perfect means mature and complete, full, lacking in nothing. You know, we often are afraid of things that we don't understand and we can't control. And when that happens, we often cry out to God, get us out of this. What we do is we forget that he is really the one in control overall. But all we want at the time is to get out. And I think that's just like with Ben. Ben had no idea of the things that were good for him. He had no idea. But as his father, I did. And so I pushed him through difficult and his anxiety so that he would have a great time. And doesn't God do the same thing with us? You know, Ben will whine and complain whenever he doesn't want something. And how are we any different? We whine and complain when we question. Why me? Why does this happen to me? We compare ourselves to others. Why can't I be like them? This is not fair. I don't deserve it. In Scripture it says in uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Listen to this. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Our Heavenly Father has plans for us. He wants us to be successful. And the tough part is all we do is we look at the negative aspects. We look at what we don't have. We look at how we are unblessed when we forget how we are so greatly blessed. As Ben's father, I have to plan in a direction for him so that someday he will be successful. And the same way with our father. He has plans for us so that we will be successful. I, um, a, a, uh, this year, I went to work without my lunch one day, and my wife was going to be in Hal for a, a, I had a dentist appointment for Ben. And so she decided to bring my lunch t- to me. And when she brought it in, she brought Ben with her and brought him in, in the, the, the school. And, and I, I got to tell you, Ben really, he had a rough time. It was really challenging. Um, he didn't have a meltdown, but the whole time he had his hands over his face and just wouldn't look up. So naturally, a couple months later, there was bring your child to school day, and I decided to bring my son to school. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, you got to be crazy after that first experience. But remember, I'm his father, and I'm going to do what is best for him because I love him. 
And bringing him to school that day was best for him. So I brought him. And at first he was a little anxious, but as the day went on, all of a sudden he's interacting with the kids, he's in the classroom. Later on, he's out in recess. And what I did is I let him go. And while I let him go, I never took my eyes off of him. Isn't that a picture of our Heavenly Father? He lets us go, but he never let, takes our, our, his eyes off him. He went into the lunchroom. Again, I let him go, and I walked away, but I never took my eyes off of him. And what a great experience it was. By the end of the year, I was treating him like the other students. Hey, be quiet. Sit down. Get to work. <laughs> yep, he adapted very well. You know, as his father, I'm going to purposely lead or allow Ben to face many challenges in order to mold and shape him so that he will have successes. In the same way, I've seen numerous times that our Heavenly Father has been directing the path in my life where I see him consistently. I remember in my childhood, I got to tell you, my childhood was not great. And yet, I I still remember seeing God in it. It's kind of amazing knowing that he was still there. I I was actually, a lot of people don't know this, but I was actually arrested one time for, I, I just borrowed somebody's car and they didn't know it at the time. And, um... It was a great experience. (laughs) No, it was a really challenging experience, but even in that, I could see God there the whole time. I had had a, a major knee injury. I used to love sports. I played five or six days a week I would play sports. Any sport, I would play it. And I had my knee wiped out. And I had a year and a half of rehab. I've never been able to play sports the way I did that time, and it's a loss. And yet, I see the Lord, I, I, the way he used it in my life was incredible. And I'm thankful for that stinking knee injury. Forgive me for the stinking part. Um, women I dated. I remember dating a number of women in the past, and you guys, you know, you have those prayers, Lord, please give me this. You know, we're begging God for something, and I am just so thankful that the Lord did not answer my prayers because I am blessed with the woman that the Lord eventually brought into my life. You saw the picture of her earlier. She's a special lady. But... Um, I also, there, listen, there was a time in our marriage, we, we got married late. We didn't, we didn't get married until I was 42. And we had five miscarriages. And after that, I, I got to tell you, honestly, I didn't, want to have a, I didn't want to be a father. I was 50 years old. You don't be a father then, you'd be a grandfather. Right? And then the Lord came along and gave us Ben. He knew that I needed to be a father. He knew that my wife needed to be a mother. And he knew that he, Ben, needed us. 
I remember with Ben's birth, I actually, I, I'm, I was watching that, that video before and it, it just reminded me of Ben's birth. Is, it was a really tough time. Um, you know, I, 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 I shared at another time that way back when, I didn't want to have a child with Down syndrome, but you know God in his infinite wisdom, and I mean that sincerely, gave me a child with Down syndrome. I wouldn't trade him for the world. But also remember that was a tough time because I remember seeing the, the child in the incubator and, and Ben was in the hospital for the first month of his life. I even recently, I, I, I was um, in a car accident, and even that, it is clear to me how God the Father had put this together and was there with me the whole time, that he was leading me and guiding me. And I am so thankful. I have gotten to the point, you know, you know God allows us to go into situations that are not comfortable, not comfortable at all. law but he always goes with us. Um, you know, I, 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 one story I wanted to, I, I think of is Ben just started riding his bike recently or in the last couple of years. And remember, we, we took Ben to the, um, to the boardwalk to ride his bike. And we started on one end, put him on the bike. He starts riding and Ben takes off and he never looks back. One mile, he rode that bike, and he didn't look, look back one time at us. But I know as his father, I never took my eyes off of him because he's my son and I love him. As I get older, I start... Uh, I get to the point where I start questioning God less. I start thinking, you know what? I can question you all, all you want, but I know that you're in control and I'm not. And so what I'm learning now is um, I'm trying, <laughs> when I go through difficulties, you'll still hear whining and complaining, but I, I try to ask, Lord, how are you helping me to grow in this situation? Same way I try to teach Ben to trust me because I have his best interest in mind is the same way that we need to trust God because he has our best interest in mind. So the first thing I do realize is, I learned is God wants us to trust him. Another thing I've been learning, and, and notice I didn't say I learned, I'm learning because as you go through life with, with your ch children and, and in general, you don't learn it. You continually grow and continue to learn. Um, I, I also learned love, patience, and being slower to anger. You know, I went, was outside this morning and I, I saw my wife holding a baby. And um, there's one thing I just, I, I don't know if I'll ever understand, I just don't get, is why people always want to uh, hold other people's kids. 
I'm sorry, I just really don't have that desire. I've had people say, oh, do you want to hold him? And I have to politely say, no, <laughs> not really. I just don't get it. But when Ben was born, it's different. When he was born, all I wanted to do was hold him. I still, to this day, when Ben climbs up and sits on my lap, I'm like, that is the best. You know, I'm dying from the weight of him on my lap, but I won't move him because he's my son. I remember when he was, when he was a baby, I remember holding him, and all of a sudden, he threw up. Now, when I say he threw up, forgive me, for, but he just covered me from head to toe. It was disgusting. But the whole time I'm holding him, I wasn't thinking about the vomit all over me. All I kept thinking of, are you okay, my poor son? All I kept thinking of him, and now I get the love of God and how much he loves us. If he loves me anywhere as much as I love my son, what a great God. Um, 1 John 3.1, it says, See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. And such are we. We are his child. He loves us like nobody else can. And seeing and holding Ben like that just tells me, what a great heavenly father. Now I get it. Now I know his love. You know, by nature, I'm not a patient man. I... Uh, I need to have things go quickly, and, 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 and Ben is teaching me patience. He, uh, wherever we go, when we're, we go outside of the house, when we, we go through a doorway in a store or whatever, Ben always has to stop as we go through the door and look back and make sure that the door closes. And he will not move until the door closes. If we go in an elevator, elevator's open, he, he steps out, and he looks back, and he waits. Now, I will say, come on, Ben, let's go. He will not move, but when the door closes, that's it, he's gone. It is interesting. Um, when we're leaving the house, Ben has, it's Ben time. But Camille and I are procrastinators to begin with, so naturally with a procrastinator, at the last minute you're always hurrying as much as possible to get out of the house. And then we have Ben. Uh, he is just at his own time and he slows. Uh, yesterday we, we, I was fortunate enough to go to uh, the men's breakfast and I saw John Perrell's uh, testimony. It was really powerful. And I really wanted to hear it. And the whole time when I'm with Ben, Ben, I brought Ben. Ben is saying, back home after message, 
back home after message. Now, the one thing with Ben, too, is when he says that, you can't just ignore it because he goes over and over again until you repeat those words because he wants to know that you heard him. So you repeat it. And then two minutes later, he says it again, and you have to repeat it. And that, it's frustrating at times because I wanted to hear John. But then I think, how has it been different than our relationship with God our Father? I mean, if you look at his word, he repeats his commands over and over and over again. And the reason being is because we don't listen. And we're a little dense at times. But he is patient. He is slow to anger. And I look at myself, I repeat the same sins. I make the same mistakes over and over and over again. But my Father in heaven, he still loves me. He is still patient with me. And he shows me that he's slow to anger. Another, another thing I, I learned through Ben about being a father, from being a father, is about forgiveness. Uh, ben is, has Down syndrome, and, and one thing with Down syndrome is children with Down syndrome have a, a natural tendency towards stubbornness. Now, I think he may have gotten it from my wife, but she thinks he got it from me. But it is, really, it's, stubbornness is a, 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 a characteristic of Down syndrome. Well, Ben... Um, he has really one job that he has to do, and that's to set the table. And Ben does not like to set the table. He will not set the table. So um, what we will do is, is we'll ask Ben to, sit to set the table, and typically what he'll do is he'll ignore us. Uh, you, you know, he'll, he, he just won't listen. And then if we ask him again, he'll say, Mo, you know, with that refusal again, and or he'll complain and whine, and sometimes he's defiant. Usually he will, he'll, uh, he'll do it, but sometimes he doesn't, and so we have to count. You know, you guys know the, the trick with your children, count one, two, don't let me get to three, and when we get to three, Ben gets the chair. That's right. For him, it's like the electric chair. It's really, it's a timeout chair, but there's no way he wants to go there. And I'll just say, okay, that's it, Ben. Go to the chair. And he goes there reluctantly. And it's a time for reflection, reflection and et cetera. I actually love the chair. No, no I, I'll tell you, there's a few reasons I love the chair. I love it because it lets him know that he's doing something wrong. But here's the best part about it. After he sat there for a while... I'll call him over. I say, Ben, come on over. And we'll talk. You know, what happened? And he'll say, I'm sorry. And then we'll both say, I love you. And there's a hug. And it's the greatest hug. Because it's my son. You know, 
I'm not the father of the year. Maybe you hear some of the things that I do, and you know, in, in, in God's eyes, he sees who I really am. I am a sinner saved by grace. There are so many things that I do that I'm, I do wrong and sins that I repeat over and over again. And God doesn't have a chair. He doesn't have a place where we can go say, Three Hail Marys and an Our Father. He doesn't have a place where we can be good to please Him. He doesn't have that place. But what God does have is He has the cross. You see, I don't have to keep going back to the cross. Jesus Christ died for my sins. God said, But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that forgiveness is available for all of us. As we go to the cross, we don't have to keep going to the chair. We go to the cross once and we're forgiven once and for all. I'm going to ask the, uh, the prayer team and the, the band to come down. And you know what? Again, all of a sudden, from being a father, I have seen the love of God that is incredible because he is the father. And I'm going to ask anyone that would like that relationship, that would like to know the Father deeply and intimately to come and come to somebody in a prayer team. They'll be there to, uh, to pray with you to begin that relationship with our Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Lord, Father, we thank you. We thank you what a gracious, gracious, gracious God you are. We thank you that no matter what we've done, you can forgive us. Lord, I think of my son and there is nothing, absolutely nothing he could do that I wouldn't love him or forgive him. And same way with you, Lord. No sin is too great, Lord. I pray that we would see you in a new light and who you are and the love you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.